0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me over on Twitter at Joe JoeOrico99, and make sure you're checking out Ethos Fantasy BB as well. That's where you get all the new podcasts, articles, polls, news and notes, every bit of baseball content we have, we do share out through Ethos Fantasy BB on Twitter. If you do not use Twitter... Go to sportsethos.com. We have a ton of fun content there right now. Our draft guide released earlier this week. You guys may or may not have seen that announcement. If you're not on social media, there's a decent chance you missed that. We've been tweeting about it like crazy. But you guys might be hearing about it for the first time now. So we have all kinds of content, redraft and dynasty. We have strategy pieces, sleepers and busts. We have uh, draft reviews that are coming as well. Real drafts, mock drafts. There is so much content for you to check out in our draft guide. I'm not usually someone who goes out there and promotes my own stuff in that regard. I'll tell you to go follow my Twitter, Uh, but this is a product that I really believe in and we believe in here at Sports Ethos as well, so make sure you guys are checking it out at sportsethos.com when you hover over the MLB tab. You'll see everything we got to offer there. Today, we are going to do another mock draft. It's been a while. It's been close to a month since we've done a mock draft, so we are going to be doing one here today. 12 teams, it's going to be done through the Fantasy Pro's Draft Wizard. I just find it to be the best technology for mock drafts. You're drafting against the ECR, the Expert Consensus Rankings. So sometimes there's like some weirdness that goes on, but generally speaking, uh, it's what you're going to see in most of your real drafts. When you enter into a a mock draft on Yahoo or CBS or any of those sites, you might have people popping in and out, getting auto-picked. might be computers altogether, and it's just... Uh, I think a lot easier to go about it using the Fantasy Pro's Draft Wizard. It's a great technology we've used for pretty much all of our mock drafts this year. Now, we are going to be using Yahoo standard settings. Yahoo ADP is what they're going to be basing it off of. Um, And we are going to be drafting like it's essentially a Yahoo league. One catcher, one first baseman, one second baseman, one shortstop, and one third baseman. Three outfielders, and then two starting pitchers, two relievers and then four miscellaneous pitchers to go along with the two utility spots. So we're going to be drafting 18 rounds today. I like Yahoo's format a lot. I like using their app, um, and I think it's probably the best place that you can be playing on on your home leagues. I I really like NFBC. Fantrax is good for Dynasty, but if you are just playing a standard league with your friends, 10, 12, 15 teams, uh, I think Yahoo is probably the best place for you guys to be checking out. So we're going to get this draft going. I'm just going to make sure I have all the settings right. It's standard 5 by 5 category, but it is going to be head-to-head, uh, drafting against all experts, Yahoo settings for everything, 12 teams, and I'm going to be picking six. So we are ready to go. Let's get this thing kicked off here. Fantasy Pros is just loading it up. The first five, no surprise, Ronald Acuna, Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, Mookie Betts, and Corbin Carroll. I think Kyle Tucker generally belongs in this tier as well. You're getting a five-category asset in a great lineup. We've just heard recently that he's not going to be any more shenanigans, right? We've seen Kyle Tucker bat sixth, bat seventh. Now he is solidified. He'll be in that fourth spot in the order. Maybe he'll bat third the odd day. Maybe he'll bat fifth. But we don't have to worry about shenanigans anymore with Kyle Tucker. So he is going to be a first-round pick for me here in the middle of the first. I think that he's fairly close to those guys that are going right at the top. The Julios, the Mookies, the Corbin Carols of the world. I think he's really close, and he should be considered um, right in that same tier, essentially. After Tucker, it's Fernando Tatis, Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman, Spencer Strider, Juan Soto, and Trey Turner. To kick off round two, Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Matt Olson, Jordan Alvarez, Corbin Burns, and Bryce Harper. That puts me on the clock here at 207, 19th pick overall. My guy here generally has been Austin Riley. I have, a, I have a lot of shares of Riley. Again, very consistent, solid across all categories, except for stolen bases. I've got a good, um, nice base of steals with, uh, with Kyle Tucker in the first round. I think that Austin Riley makes a lot of sense. I could go and get Garrett Cole as my SP1. I do have some concerns about Garrett Cole. Not like I'm really that worried, but I don't want to be taking him inside the top 20. There's a lot of pitchers I really like, usually the guy that I want is probably going to be available in the third round of a 12-teamer. That's generally Kevin Gosman. And if I can't get him, there are other options available. So I'm going to go with Austin Riley here, and uh, lock down my third baseman, and we'll see if I'm able to get my SP1. Nope, Gosman did go. Uh, it does happen sometimes, but there's still a lot of great options. So after Riley, Garrett Cole, uh, Rafael Devers, Francisco Lindor, Zach Wheeler, and Ozzy Albies close out the second round. Starting off the third, Kevin Gosman, Marcus Semien, Pete Alonso, Vlad Guerrero and Corey Seager. So, this is generally when I like to start taking a pitcher, but I don't know that I necessarily need to. Like, there's haven't been that many starting pitchers that have gone off the board: Gosman, Wheeler, Cole, Burns, and Strider. I'm not at a point where I like I need to get one of these guys right away, or else my pitching is going to be in, in a bad spot. I still have a lot of time to take my first starting pitcher. I think I'm going to go with Michael Harris. Uh, I think you can kind of split Harris between Harris and Luis Robert. Harris is probably a little bit safer. The upside of Robert is probably higher. Harris is in a much better lineup, even though he won't be at the top of it like Robert will. Uh, You're getting a higher batting average. You're getting more steals. Counting stats should be fairly similar. You're not going to get as many homers from Michael Harris, likely, as you would from Luis Robert. But again, I'm going to lock down those five categories early on here. And I'm going to take Michael Harris uh, with the 30th overall selection here in round three. After I go with Michael Harris, it goes to Ellie De La Cruz, Gunnar Henderson, Luis Robert Jr., Luis Castillo, Zach Gallen, and George Kirby. A little bit of a pitching run there at the end of the third. It continues in the fourth with Tyler Glass now. And then we have Jose Altuve, Bo Randy Rosarena, Yoshinobu, Yamamoto, and CJ Abrams. Now I'm at the point where I think I can I can take an SP1. <clears throat> and one of my top five SPs is still on the board, Pablo Lopez. I'm very, very interested in him. Um, I, one thing I should say as well about the whole draft guide is I've done projections for the top 100 starting pitchers. I did it for the top 50 outfielders, top 20 going to be top 25 at each position as well. And going through projections, uh making them by hand, I spent the whole offseason just tinkering with numbers, Pablo Lopez, like any way I tried to. Maneuver it a little bit here and there, like, oh, maybe he's coming in too high. I'll take him down a little bit here. I'll, I'll lower the strikeouts a bit. He's still a top five pitcher. Like, it's, it's very hard for me to come up with projections where he is not at worst, like you know, top seven, top six. uh So I, I feel very confident in him as my SP one here. 43rd overall, that's generally where you're getting him. In fact, sometimes he's not even on the board at this point. So I'll happily take Pablo Lopez here as my SP one. If he's still sitting there in the middle of round four, uh, I, I think that that's a no brainer type of pick if you do need an SP still. Adolis Garcia, Adley Rutschman, Tariq Skubal, Royce Lewis, and Edwin Diaz finish up the fourth round. Beginning round five, Devin Williams, Cody Bellinger, Manny Machado, Max Freed, and Mike Trout going to pick 53. A little early for Mike Trout. I think I may go with another starting pitcher here, and I, I, I may end up going um, with Logan Webb. I'm kind of debating Josh Hader as well, but honestly... Hater worries me a little bit. Not so much him, just the talent that's around him in Houston. If he were to lose the job at some point in the year or it does become more of a committee, I wouldn't be shocked by it. I know they gave him a lot of money. He is the closer for now, of course. I don't know if that job is as secure as we maybe want it to be. Um, So I've got a really good base of strikeouts and even ratios with Pablo Lopez. I think Logan Webb is the guy to to pair him up with. A lot of innings pitch that I'm going to be getting out of Webb, barring any injury, he's a guy who is going to be 190 to 200 innings. In fact, I believe he was my highest projected innings pitched of all of the pitchers this year for me. I think it was 195, 196, and he was the top of the pack. Uh, Him and Zach Wheeler were right at the top of my projections. But Webb is giving you a lot, um, considering you don't have to be spending that high of a draft pick on him. He was an SP1 last year. The strikeouts are the only place where he's really going to lack behind. But the ERA is good. The whips have been good. Wins are going to be kind of interesting in San Francisco. I'm not sure what to project. I wouldn't project 13 like they have on screen here, probably more in the 11-12 range. But I think he makes a really nice pairing with Pablo Lopez there. And I have my my starting pitching really taken care of where I don't have to even look at it for a good few rounds now with those two guys in uh, my first two spots. After Logan Webb at 5.06, it goes Jazz Chisholm, Kyle Schwarber, Aaron Nola, Nolan Jones, Paul Goldschmidt, and Juwan Duran. Josh Hader uh, starts off round six, followed by Matt McClain, Nico Horner, Freddie Peralta, Joe Musgrove, and Grayson Rodriguez. So now I'm focusing on a couple things. I need a relief pitcher. I need my, my first relief pitcher off the board. And I also need to worry about the rest of my infield predominantly. Now, I mentioned the other day on the Tout Wars drafts live stream that I did, uh, We did a. am in Tout Wars this year, if you guys have not heard, and I did my draft on stream with John Legaza. And we mentioned Emmanuel Kloss, say, as somebody where even though there is some concern, he's still really safe. He's not giving you the same type of elite strikeouts that you get from some of those other guys at the top uh, of the closer pools, the Diaz's and the Haters and the Williams. But he's incredibly secure in his job. He has 40-plus saves in each of the last two years. The ratios are still going to be really good, and the projections do have him at like a 28% strikeout rate. I think I am going to go with Classe here and get my first closer taken care of. Pick 67. I think it's a fairly reasonable price to be paying for, for your first closer, especially somebody with that level of job security like Emmanuel Classe. After him, it goes Framer Valdez, Blake Snell, Yuri Perez, Christian Yelich, and Ryzel Iglesias to kick off round 7. Camilo Doval, Alex Bregman, Jesus Lizardo, uh JT Real Muto, and then O'Neill Cruz. I'm still looking at offense at this point. Pitching, I think, is fairly solid for me. need another outfielder. I need most of my infield. First base, I, I have been waiting on. There's no real need to push up first baseman this year. If you want to take a Freeman or a Guerrero, it's fine. But there is so much value, even just right now on the board. Uh, I can wait a little bit there. Second base does get a little interesting as well. Um, at this point again there's still a lot of options on the table and I don't really feel like I need to worry about it so much if I ended up with any of these four guys you know, Marte and Stott are going to be there for a couple rounds most likely I don't need to to take that spot right now shortstop is kind of the same Uh, it's not as deep as it has been in some previous years shortstop is usually looked at as the really really deep position but there's quite a fall off I would say like not that I wouldn't want some of these guys in this range still the Swansons Tyra Estrada I really like Uh, But there is definitely a bit of a fall off after those first 10 or, or 12 names. Catcher, I still need a catcher, but catcher will probably be my last pick, second to last pick, something like that. I don't need to push it up in a one catcher format. So I think based on looking at everything, Second base probably makes the most sense. I have my third base. When I have two outfielders, I I can find one outfield. I love outfield this year, by the way. I'm just finishing up my outfield projections this morning and posting them. There's 50 guys that I projected. I projected beyond 50, but I just posted the top 50. But even beyond those 50, there's a lot of outfielders to like. And a lot of the time, if you're looking at a lot of industry fantasy baseball content, people will say that outfield is thin. A lot of people who play fantasy baseball and who are Within the industry, their podcasters, their writers. A lot of them play in five outfielder roto leagues. If you're playing in the three outfielder league, you don't have that same type of urgency, especially once I have Tucker and Harris here. That's pretty much taken care of. I don't really need to worry about that. Honestly, I think the best place for me to look is probably second base, and I think Glaber Torres does make a lot of sense. Heard him compared to Marcus Semien the other day, and I was trying to, in my head, be like, no, Glaber's not Marcus Semien, but realistically, he's pretty damn close. It's just a volume thing with Semyon. If, if Glaber plays the same amount of games as Semyon, the stats are looking fairly similar, and I don't know that Semyon's going to be able to maintain 160-plus games every year because it's just not really realistic. He's done it for the last five or six years, um, but I think a guy like Glaber is a fairly similar player. You're getting a lot later. Same type of power, same type of speed, also in a good lineup. Let's take Glaber and get second base uh, taken care of here in the middle of round seven. It's not my favorite place to take him, but I think it's reasonable as well. Uh, After Glaber, it was Zach Eflin, Logan Gilbert, Josh Lowe, uh, Christian Walker, Kodai Senga, and David Bednar. To kick off round eight, Bobby Miller, uh, Brian Reynolds, Will Smith, Joe Ryan, Wyatt Langford, and Tristan Cassis. Wyatt Langford, he's going to start getting drafted in this type of range, I think. Maybe not always in the top 100, but top 110, top 120 picks. We don't know 100% if he's even going to be on the opening day roster. <clears throat> excuse me, I think he probably will be. We don't have that guaranteed though. To use a top 100 pick on a guy who might be in the minors when the season starts. I think it's a little bit too risky for me here. Uh, I'm going to go back to the starting pitching well here, I think, and I'm going to shoot for some upside. So it's a 12-team league. You don't need to have the same level of security that you would in a 15-team league. I, I, I've done a lot of 15-teamers on stream uh, throughout the course of draft season. I think I've done four drafts on stream, and In 15-teamers, you need a little bit more safety. You don't have as many options on the waiver wire should your picks blow up in your face. But in a 12-team league, there's more replacement-level value, and I think I can take a chance on a guy who is massive upside. A lot of really smart people are interested in him, and that's Cole Reagans. He's not somebody that I'm drafting a lot this year, but I definitely want a couple of shares just to see if he can stick if what we saw last year was actually legit or not and in a shallow format I think it's where you do take a chance on a guy like Cole Reagan. So, I'll take him as my SP3 actually. He has relief pitcher eligibility, so I can put him in uh to the relief pitcher spot as well. I'll move him to pitcher. I don't need to have him as a relief pitcher, but that's just another little added piece of value of value there for Cole Reagan's uh that you can put him wherever you like if you do have starting pitcher and relief pitcher as separate designations. Jordan Romano is 8.08 after Reagans, followed by Nolan Arenado, Hassan Kim, Spencer Steer, and William Contreras. Kickoff round nine, we got Pete Fairbanks, Xander Bogarts, Nick Castellanos, Alexis Diaz, and Paul Seawald. So closers are starting to fly off the board. As my number two guy, there's still a lot of great options here. I think Andres Munoz probably is the dude, especially with the news that Matt Brash... I mean, it's really confusing, the news that we've seen the last couple of days. I don't really know what to make of it exactly. But I've heard it said that Matt Brash may not pitch at all this year. And he was kind of the main guy that was going to be competing with Munoz that may be taking away five or seven saves throughout the year. If he's not healthy, even at the start, that's just added value for Andres Munoz. And as my second reliever, I mean, the technology, I mean, he's the recommended pick based on what they're telling me. And I think just based on common sense as well, it makes a lot of sense to to nail him down there. He should not be going that late. I think he should be going probably, you know, a tier above in terms of the relief pitchers. But if people are going to be letting him fall to round nine and 12 teamers, I think that's a really good spot for Munoz. Uh, Teosca Hernandez, Evan Carter, Josh Young, Justin Steele, Spencer Torkelson, and Seiya Suzuki finish off round nine. Starting off round 10, Andres Jimenez, Bryson Stott, Kyle Braddish, interesting pick there, a little too risky for me. Uh Dan Swanson, Nolan Gorman, and Hunter Green. Bradish is still throwing. This is the kind of confusing thing, right? He's Barry's talking about Bradish and Kodai Senga, and a lot of people are putting them in the same bucket, and they probably should be. But Senga might not be back until like the middle of the summer. Bradish, he's pitching right now, so he's not going to start the year in the rotation, but he is throwing. His UCL is hanging by a thread, though. So while he may come back after a month or so, it might not be the longest um, time that he has to miss on the IL or on the bench or whatever. I don't know how long we're actually going to be able to rely on him. He's still in my top 100 starting pitchers. I believe I have him around 60. But honestly, i I'd probably have him too high still at that point. We're looking at a, a lot of risk with Kyle Bradish this year. I took Kodai Senga out of my top 100. Bradish may be heading that same way. Uh, it really depends on what we see over the next couple of weeks. Um, my roster, I think, is looking pretty damn good right now. I need a catcher, first baseman, shortstop, one more outfielder, and a couple utility spots. Uh, to go along with a couple other pitchers as well. The best hitters on the board still, George Springer, Yainer Diaz, Josh Naylor. I think Josh Naylor is a really interesting option here as a first baseman. He's giving you a little bit of everything. Uh, I've mentioned this a few times. If he didn't get hurt last year and have to miss 40 games, he's probably ending up on the MVP ballot. Not to say he's going to win or even be a finalist or anything, but batting over 300, he was well on his way to like a 25-homer, 12-steal season, batting over 300, driving in over 100 runs would have been. There's a lot to really like about Naylor. I know a lot of people are kind of scared of the Guardians lineup in general. There's still a lot of talent, even though they weren't you know, as successful as they probably should have been last year. The year prior, with a very similar roster, they did well. And I don't think there's any reason to really doubt them as a whole in that weak division, and specifically Josh Naylor as well. So I'm going to lock him in here as my first baseman. They're saying that it's a bit of a reach, but I don't really care. I think that's a it's a good price to be paying for Josh Naylor, middle of round 10. Uh, Following him was his teammate Tanner Bybee and then Dylan Cease, Tanner Scott, Lane Thomas, and Will Smith, the pitcher in Kansas City. Interesting. I think he's probably going to be starting the year as the closer. It's a little bit early, I think, to take him here. Uh, I'd pick 120 overall. It just feels a little bit early for me. Um, But starting off round 11 was Yainer Diaz, Justin Verlander, Luis Arise, Evan Phillips, and George Springer. I think I might just take care of that last outfield spot if I can right now. Jordan Walker is definitely a nice upside play. People were poo-pooing what he did last year. He got sent down. It was not the greatest year defensively. If you look at what he did offensively, he batted 276. Like, if he was out there the whole season, you're looking at 20 homers, 10 stolen bases. You know, the batting average is secure. The lineup is secure. I don't see why Jordan Walker should be even – I mean, this is probably a reasonable price, but people don't speak about him as highly as they probably should have. He's one of those classic kind of post-hype guys And I'll take him here as my third outfielder. Um, They're calling that one a value pick, so that does make up for the previous round with Naylor. Either way, uh, I I think Walker could potentially, like we were talking about him last year as somebody who could have been a rookie of the year if he was given enough rope. He just wasn't. The talent level was there. Uh, I'm very interested in Jordan Walker this season. After him at 11.06, it was Ryan Helsley, James Outman, Sonny Gray, Cattell Marte, Estuary Ruiz, and Clay Holmes. Kicking off round 12, uh, Craig Kimbrell, Walker Bueller, Yandy Diaz, Vinny P, Vinny Pasquantino, Edward Julian, and then Chris Sale. Back up to me here. I should probably fill out the last couple of pitching spots, but let me just take a look at shortstop and make sure it's not getting too thin. So my boy Tyro Estrada is still there. I might just reach above ADP to make sure I lock in the team that I want. It's probably a round or two early, but I set it out the other day um tyro is the guy i have projected for the most stolen bases as a second baseman he's multi-eligible but i think he could potentially go for 30 steals i have him down for 29 he could be a 20 home run bad he's another guy who doesn't hurt you anywhere and that's kind of been a philosophy of mine this year take players who aren't going to hurt you anywhere as much as i love kyle schwarber and i took him on a couple teams he drastically hurts you in a couple of places um and so as much as i do want him and you know you can have him in the right build these players that just don't hurt you even if they're not like massive assets in the category have become a lot more appealing to me recently so let's lock in Tyro at shortstop they're calling it a reach again I I don't care if it's a bit of a reach in in a 12 team draft at this stage especially last few picks I don't have a big concern after I took Tyro it goes to Chris Bassett Anthony Volpe Zach Geloff Jordan Montgomery the still unsigned Jordan Montgomery and Jackson Churio these guys as a side note Better get their shit together, uh, Montgomery and Snell. I don't know if it's them or if it's Boris or the teams, but it's going to get to the point where I'm going to fade them just because they're not going to have enough time to get ramped up properly. They're probably pitching right now or they're throwing. <clears throat> they're probably not just sitting on their ass eating potato chips, but they're also not doing all the things that the rest of the major league pitchers are doing, throwing pin sessions, facing live hitters, going through their preseason routine. Again, maybe they are to some extent, but. It is worrying me. Jordan Montgomery uh, in a couple of drafts has been falling, like 150, 160, 170. And that's getting me like, oh, man, I want to take him. But what if he just signs like the week before the season starts and then he's behind and then he maybe gets hurt because of it? Like, it's just I think it's a, a bit of a disaster waiting to happen at this point with Montgomery and even Blake Snell. So those guys are, are becoming trickier to draft as the season goes on. I will say that. Um, Round 13 kicked off with Wilson Contreras, Kenley Jansen, Anthony Santander, Cedric Mullins, and Salvador Perez. I need two utility spots, three pitchers, and a catcher. I'm going to wait on that catcher spot. Uh, We're still looking at a lot of really nice names here. Moreno, Alvarez, Murphy, and Raleigh. And I could probably, like, if I take a look at who is left altogether, there's a lot of catchers that I still like. Logan Ohoppy, Bo Naylor, Mitch Garver, um, Stevenson to some extent. A little bit lesser, though. They have Kirk at 21. He's still there. Ryan Jeffers. There's still a lot of names that are very, very interesting. So catcher is something I'm going to wait on. Utility, I'll just take the two best hitters available. And in terms of the pitchers that are left to me, Merrill Kelly's a nice innings eater. Oh, man, they left Rodon for me. I'm going to have to take Rodon probably. I've talked about him on my show a couple days ago, and I talked about him on Twitter. He was touching 97 in his session, which was like a week and a half ago now, which is really good. And then he was sitting like 95 or so uh, in his first spring training start. Mixed results. He did give up a home run to Alejandro Kirk, and he looked like he kind of hit a wall in the second inning. I watched every pitch that he threw in that start it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but I mean, the fact that he is throwing 95, I mean, we're bitching about 95. I said it on my show yesterday. Guys throwing too fast Tariq reach You know, whoever, Yuri Perez, we're going to bitch about it. A guy is not throwing hard enough. We're going to bitch about it. There's always going to be something to complain about. I think the fact that Rodon's actually getting up to speed this early is a positive sign. Um, Even though the results weren't amazing in that first spring game, I'm taking him as was he my fourth starting pitcher here. Um, Oh, baby. That's all I'm going to say. As your SP4, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it does work out, we know that he can potentially be a top five pitcher in baseball. So after I take Rodon, it goes to Michael King, Gavin Williams, Shane Bieber, Riley Green, Sean Murphy, and Jaron Duran wrapping up the 13th. Round 14, Trevor Story, Christian Javier, Jorge Soler, Cal Raleigh. Ryan Presley is an interesting one, a little bit early here. Uh, And then Bailey Ober at 1406, leading to me at 1407. Couple utility spots. We're probably gonna take a look and fill those here. Let me just see all the hitters that are left to me. I don't want to leave any glaring names on the board here. Ian Happ is an interesting utility guy. I drafted him earlier today in a league, um, five outfielder TGFBI league, and mm, I think he's kind of interesting here as a as a utility spot. One sixty three is about right. Uh, Chaz McCormick is also really interesting. He's probably going to be there around from now though. Let's take Ian Happ. For the second time today, I will draft Ian Happ. And they're calling it a steal. They have him ranked at 129 overall. I got him at 163. I'm very happy there. Um, And Chaz McCormick is still there as well. And he's another guy where he's like a 2020 potential guy in a great lineup. Decent enough batting average. He was 273 last year. I think he's probably a 255, 260 type of guy. But there's utility taken care of. Um, eh, It's a little bit of a reach. It's okay. Last couple rounds, if they're telling you you're reaching, it, it doesn't really matter so much. So I need two pitchers, and I need a catcher. Brian Wu is a great upside play this year. A lot of very smart people are interested in Wu, and I think Seattle just as a whole has kind of really just come a long way in terms of their pitching development, what they've done the last couple years with Kirby and with Gilbert. Castillo, I don't want to give them no credit, but he was probably just somebody who needed a better ballpark. Uh, He went from like the worst park to pitch into the best. Don't want to take anything away from them, but also like Bryce Miller. They've just been a bit of a factory recently. And again, it's the point of the draft where you can take a guy. If he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. But there's very smart people who have Brian Wu as a top 35 pitcher this year. Let's go ahead and take him uh, at pick 187 overall. If it doesn't work out for anybody at this point, they're very, very, very easy drops. After I went with Wu, was uh, Isak Paredes, Nathan Ivaldi, Braxton Garrett, Ryan Pepio, and Nick Pavetta. Round 17, Marcelo Zuna, Alex Lang, Eduardo Rodriguez, Jose Leclerc, and Brandon Fott. So one pitcher and one catcher are left for me at this point. The catcher situation is still pretty good, honestly. Like, you're not getting studs at this point, but considering I punted the position, and I'm still going to end up with the starting catcher for the defending World Series champions, that's pretty damn good. So let's lock in Jonah Heim here with our second last pick. And then with my last pick, I'll just take the best pitcher who's still available or the best upside play. Let's take a look and see um, the starting pitchers that we have available to us. Sometimes the screen um, can be a little bit confusing with how the way they arrange it. Um, but the top-ranked starting pitcher left is Shota Imanaga. That's really interesting. Brian Bayo is there as well. Christopher Sanchez. Let's go with Imanaga. Uh, Eno Saris, when I had him on a couple weeks ago, he was talking about Imanaga, and he's pretty interested. Uh, not just on that show, but Eno has talked a lot about being interested in Imanaga. So let's take him. Let's wrap up the draft with Shota Imanaga, and we'll see what the technology thinks of us. B plus. It's the first time I haven't got an A on one of these drafts all season, but we'll take a B plus. Uh, consensus of 25 experts. I like it. We'll go through the team here real quick. Joe Heim is the catcher. Josh Naylor at first. Glaber at second. Tyro Estrada at short and Austin Riley at third. My outfield is Kyle Tucker, Michael Harris, Jordan Walker with Ian Happ and Chaz McCormick as the utility spots. My starting pitchers are Pablo Lopez, Logan Webb, Cole Reagans, Carlos Rodon, Brian Wu, and Shota Imanaga. Imanaga, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher that one probably, but the um, the relievers are Emmanuel Clase and Andres Munoz. Guys, that'll do it. That is our 12 team mock draft. Gonna be doing a couple more of these as we get ready for the season. I'm thinking about one a week. Maybe there'll be a week where we do two. There might be a week where we don't get any in. Um, But we're going to be doing more mock drafts and, of course, real drafts for you as well. If you want to go back and check out some of our drafts, we did our Tout Worst draft live uh, earlier this week. We did an NFBC Gladiator draft about a month ago or so with Scott Bogman uh, sitting alongside me as well. And then last week, it was an auction draft on the NFBC. So to go along with the mock drafts, we have real drafts of all different kinds of formats, 15 teams, 12s, auctions, snakes, All kinds of stuff for you to be checking out here on the YouTube page. If you're still here, leave us a subscribe, leave us a subscription, subscribe to the channel, leave us a like on the video. All that stuff really does help out the algorithm and make sure you're checking out everything at SportsEthos.com. We're very proud of our draft guide product. Going to get a link for you guys in the description of this episode as well for you guys to check out everything that we have there. You can get some previews to some stuff and uh, just take a look and see if it's something you'd be interested in. But that'll do it. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. But until then, take care. Have a great night, everybody.